Rise and shout. We're two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football. Tight trips left. Option look. Keeper Jaron. 10, 5, touchdown Cougars! Jaron Hall scores! This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Also by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. To get you ready for BYU football, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Ben Bagley. All the festivities getting underway in pregame. The team's about to walk in front of us. Lots of stuff going on down here on the Halloween special, Cougar Canyon. And let's get to it. Let's start there. It's a homecoming for Bronco Mendenhall and eight members of his coaching staff as they return to Provo with their 6-2 Virginia Cavaliers. Let's start there as we get to our game headlines. We'll start we'll start first with that very headline. Guess who's back, Riley? Bronco is back. From 2005 to 2015, Bronco Mendenhall was the head man at BYU and helped lead the Cougars to a 99 and 43 record in that time, averaging nine wins a season. In 2016, Mendenhall left BYU for the head job at BYU in a Power 5 opportunity. Bronco didn't want this game when he got there, but it's still on the schedule and it's here tonight. What are the emotions on both sides of the ball going into Bronco's return? On the visiting side of the ball, I would say there's more emotion probably in Bronco's staff than there is in actually him. Just And BYU fans got to know him. Uh, he wasn't as... Um, What's the word? You know the the face that he the face that he put on you know in press conferences and in the media. He wasn't that wasn't him, right? That was uh, that was a little bit of of a way to just take care of that obligation and move on. But Bronco by nature is a guy whose emotion he he keeps his baseline pretty flat as far as emotions. In that there's emotions there, but there's not a lot of swings. Guys like Kelly Papinga, you know former BYU linebacker, Nick Howell, Robert Anai, Shane Hunter. Matt Edwards, Garrett Tujay, these guys are more the guys that, if you remember their time on the sidelines, both as players and coaches here at BYU, they were the ones that really brought that passion, brought that emotion. So I'm sure they're bringing a lot, not necessarily any negative emotion, but just the competitive energy of wanting to, in a return, show a little bit like we all want to do, you know, when you move on from a place is show them what they're missing, right, and show them what, the, what they don't have anymore. And then on, on the BYU side of the ball, honestly, um, I, I don't know that there's much because we're at a point now where there's only maybe a handful of players that were recruited by the staff that left. So it's these are all Kalani's guys. Uh, Kalani and Coach Roderick, and one of the things that I was thinking about this week is Kalani and Coach Roderick had great success when they were on the opposing <laughs> sideline when, when Bronco was at BYU. So, you know, they know how to prepare. They'll have the guys ready. I think the emotion on the BYU side of the ball will have less to do with Bronco Mendenhall and that staff returning and more to do with the fact that Virginia is a 6-2 and two team that's in the top half of the ACC and they're hungry to get their first P5 win outside of the Pac-12 and prove that coast-to-coast they can compete with the top, the top teams in the country. Well, it's interesting. You knew a different side of Bronco Mendenhall than the public got to know in the media. I got a chance to see that a little bit as the relationship grew with, with him when we joined us on BYU Sports Nation. He grew to trust us, and we saw that other side of it. Knowing that side of Bronco Mendenhall, we heard his comments, and we'll hear more of his comments coming up later to the media about, hey, it's just another opponent, and that's the, that's the way he rolls. But he is the kind of guy that there's a little sentimentality there. For him coming back to a program, he this program he rebuilt it from a really really bad and dark era, 
to, like I said, average nine, nine games and nine wins a season. It, he really did, and not just the nine wins in the season. I know uh, half his time was spent, but conference championship. Sorry, that was yes. one of the things I was going to say, and that's one of the goals. He's made it to the conference championship game in ACC, but he's yet to come away with the title. Obviously, uh, I, don't get me wrong, TCU and Utah, they were as formidable as, maybe not quite as formidable as Clemson, but um, you know, proportionally, I think uh, I, I think definitely is formidable, and he was able to win conference championships here and put guys in the NFL and not only was he able to, to bring it back from some uncertain times, but restore it to its glory days and uh, and do his best to navigate an interesting situation in, in independence. I, I thought his comments were interesting when uh, when asked about what he thought of BYU finally getting into the Big 12. And obviously he said when he was here he didn't think independence was sustainable, and that was a stated goal of his to get BYU into a P5 conference as he fully believed that uh, and fully does believe currently that they are that caliber of program and he definitely helped uh, I'll say this he placed his cornerstone or he built up you know he added his bricks uh, to the building that is uh, BYU football and did so in um, honorable fashion well and I think you and I can both agree on this as far as what the emotion for the uh, BYU sideline probably more from the fan base and if you're a BYU fan and you're on your way to Lavelle Edwards Stadium for the game today there should be nothing but appreciation for Bronco Mendenhall when he's introduced. Now, once the game starts a little bit different, you, then, yeah, cheer for your team. But Bronco did a lot for this program, and I think that's the time where you stand and applaud. Yeah, and, I, you know, I think, uh, and it's funny, I, there's been incidents even going back to the 80s of, of fan behavior, and just like we expect different things of our student-athletes, we should expect different things of our fan base. And no matter how bitter the rivalry or no matter the circumstances between the fan base and whoever uh, comes on is here occupying the visiting sideline, they should be treated with respect. And to me, one of the ultimate uh, shows of respect is to compete your butt off for the 60 minutes of game time. And uh, and, and lastly for me is send them packing with, with an L, a respectful hey, yes, L. Yes, yeah, oh, yes. Shake hands after, send him on his way. Yep. So headline number two. Virginia quarterback, Brennan Armstrong, he's good. Riley, UVA QB, Brennan Armstrong, comes into today's game with already 3,220 yards. He's 312 yards away from a single-season record at UVA in Game 9 for them. He has 23 TDs, 6 INTs, and is averaging 8.65 yards per attempt. Is Armstrong the best QB BYU will face this season? In my opinion, he is. I was looking at the probably the second... Uh, as I'd rank them down, probably Bohannon from Baylor, and then uh, you know maybe Jaden Daniel. Although Jaden Daniels has had some struggles at ASU, yeah. but that would probably be the top three. But Armstrong is is tops among them. He's a crafty lefty. He's he's a big dude. He's about six four. He's rangy. Got long arms. He's a- athletic, but he's not. Uh, he's athletic in the sense that he knows how to kind of manipulate. He anticipates rush. He's able to move around in the pocket, extend, throw from multiple platforms. And his size and strength allows him to deliver balls as he's running around in the backfield. And, oh, by the way, if you need him, he can participate in the run game because it's one more thing that you need to account for. And if you leave him, if you give him green grass on a third and six, he's going to go pick it up. So he is the best quarterback that BYU will have faced uh, to this point in the season. And even looking ahead in the future, I think you can definitively say that this season he's uh, 
He's the most impressive by far. I am super excited to see what the BYU defense has in store uh, by way of limiting him tonight. It's interesting. I was listening to a podcast this week, and it wasn't even really on BYU and UVA. It was focused just on college football as a whole. And it was just Trent Dilfer, former NFL quarterback. And just randomly out of the blue, he pauses the podcast, like the train of thought they're going on and says, I got to tell you, the dark horse QB, best QB in college football right now, is Brennan Armstrong out of Virginia. This kid's got all the tools. He's NFL ready. He may very well be the top pick taken or the top QB taken in the NFL draft. And I was like, I'm driving my car. I'm like, uh-oh, he's coming yeah. this week. <laughs> no, oh, no, here we go. Good, a good test for the BYU Cougars. Well, he's got a lot of natural skills, but he's also um, got – so just – when I was I was coached by an eye for two years. I yes. coached an eye for two years, yep. and I had, uh, and then um, parted ways with Coach and I. Went and spent two years down with Rich Rodriguez in Arizona, who at the time was doing. I mean, he still is a is a very good coach, but at the time was had just left Michigan and was doing some really innovative. He was pushing for what what BYU started. You know, maybe BYU Houston, but what those '80s teams did by bringing the, by opening up everybody's eyes to the pass game. Uh, Rich Rod and everybody else was able to do kind of in the late 2000s, early 2010. So when Anai left in 2010 and spent his time with Arizona and then came back and brought Go Fast, Go Hard to BYU, we saw the effect that he had with Taysom and Jamal and, and all of those things. He's continued on that. Sorry, Here's where I'm going with that, Ben. Sorry. A little bit of a sidetrack. When it, it went John Beck, Max Hall, than me as as the quarterbacks playing under coach yeah. and i and we played in a very regimented it was west coast you you knew your progressions you didn't deviate through your progressions you were trying to get the ball to you know you, you get through your progression get the ball to your running back and it was all about efficiency he came back and him and this also comment from Taysom hill uh s- s- sorry if you can if uh, you guys can hear that uh, over the air bottom line is um he lets his quarterbacks, he gives them latitude, he gives them the freedom and ownership to be able to go make plays, and Brennan Armstrong takes full advantage of that. All right, there's your playmakers for, for uh, Virginia. Let's skip ahead to the playmakers for BYU. Which playmakers are standing up today for BYU? Is it going to be Tyler Algier carrying the load again like he did last week, or is Puka Nakua going to have a rebound game and put some put some stats up to help BYU tonight? Yeah, I think uh, I also want to see what Isaac Rex can do getting in there. You know, he had a couple touchdown games in the middle of the season, but he's been covered back up. To me, it doesn't necessarily matter who it is. Neil Pau, although he didn't get in the end zone last week, Neil was able to be extremely productive in helping sustain drives. Uh, Jaron Hall, two week, you know, two weeks ago had a great game against Baylor. Last week, it was more incumbent upon him to um, manage, kind of. You know, don't turn the ball over. Manage the game. Make sure Tyler has the right run looks. Make, you know, big throws on third down and such. So whoever the playmakers are on offense, I I don't think it necessarily matters who, although the fans might each have their favorite. All that matters is that someone steps up and makes big plays tonight because against this Virginia offense that is high-flying, puts up a lot of yards and a lot of points, they're going to need a special performance from not one, but I'd say two or three different uh, offensive BYU Cougars. One thing that I'm curious about right now is to see is to see uh, how Tyler bounces back. 32 carries is a lot of carries, and he had that against Washington State. I'm sure he was beat up and sore Monday, Tuesday, turning that corner Wednesday and seeing where his body's at going into the game today. The player that I played with that was a master of that was Harvey Unga, who happens to be 
Tyler Algiers coach. So if there's a, he is right in the position to be able to have tutelage from a guy that knew what it was like to bear, you know, 20, 25, 30 carries a game, who ran with a physical punishing running style and be able to come back the next week and, and do it again. So I have faith in Tyler. I got obviously Harvey's in that position room with him to be able to guide him on how to do that. I expect that he'll be full go and ready. All right, well, we are live from Cougar Canyon just outside the gates of Lavelle Edwards Stadium as we get you ready for BYU versus Virginia. BYU back in the twenty, the top 25 after the victory at Washington State last week, seeing if they can keep that winning way going and climb up the rankings. More from the top 25 scoreboard coming up later in the program. Coming up next, Virginia analyst and former UVA and NFL safety Tony Covington joins us to break down the Virginia Cavaliers. This is Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Ben Bagley. And welcome back into Cougar Pregame Live. For those that were with us in the first segment, welcome back. For those joining us on KSL News Radio, welcome to the program. We are here just outside of LaBelle Edwards Stadium where the 25th ranked BYU Cougars welcome back a familiar face in Bronco Mendenhall and his Virginia Cavaliers. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. And now it's time, as we always do in this segment, it's time to get to know the foe and we're joined by former UVA and NFL safety Toby Co- T- Tony Covington joining us here. Fresh uh, fresh off the drive here, Tony. Thanks for coming and joining us down here in Cougar Canyon. Oh, man, glad, glad to be here, man. Great great night for football. You know what? I was I, I, You and I talked a little bit earlier. I'm like, okay, dress warm. It might be a little bit cold. This is like a Chamber of Commerce evening right now. Yeah, this is John <laughs> Bowlby, quite honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're expecting much colder. So was I. So, uh, hey, let's start, let's start with UVA, where it all starts and ends, with Brennan Armstrong. Just how good is he, and what makes him good? Uh, he's really good, man. Uh, yeah, he just he, he just has a certain uh, leadership quality, a certain moxie. Uh, the guys believe in him, and he believes in himself. And, and you know, he's his own worst critic. And so he can go out there and throw for 450 yards and still feel like he didn't do a good job. He missed some throws. And so, you know, he leads by example in a, in a major way. And uh, he's just – He's just you know, he just got it that that thing that you can't really coach, but he's got it. Talk to us about or or the listeners out there about some of the other weapons that this UVA offense has. I'm particular. Maybe start with, of course, you got Talapapa and Wicks, but start with Keaton Thompson because I'm super intrigued with how they've used him thus far this season and BYU who after being predominantly four down, came out with the three three five look last week that we expect to see, you know, a little bit more today. I think him in that Wildcat scenario might be uh, effective use but uh, give our listeners a feel for some of the other weapons they got yeah i mean keaton is just an animal man he you know you put him anywhere and he just produces you can put him in the backfield you know he'll hit you for five yards of carry you, you put him out at receiver you know, he'll he'll average 10 yards of catch great hands great awareness uh but then you know you have jelani woods six seven 260 pound tight end that is a matchup nightmare then you've got billy kemp who is I always like to say he's unguardable because, you know, he's 5'8", 5'9", but he's so elusive in space. 
Then you've got Rashawn Henry out there who is a blazer, you know, really sudden with his movements. Uh, then you got a young kid like uh, Dabiq Starling. So it, it, it just it kind of goes on and on and on. And so it's tough to match up with it because who are you going to double team? You know, if you double team one guy, okay, well, this guy will hit you for 180. You know, if you do that, well, this guy hit you for a one above 20. So it's it's very challenging to deal with, and they do a lot of motion. So it's a lot to prepare for. It's a Robert and I offense, sounds yes. like, with a lot of multiple <laughs> options out there, likes to spread it out and go fast. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, let's talk a little bit about that. With that offense, though, what's the weakness? I mean, they're putting up 38, 39 points a game. They're, putting up, they're, they're lighting up scoreboards. They're having great success on the offensive end. So – if you're if you're scheming against them, what do you do to slow them down? Well, I, I think it's it's difficult uh, just because they have so many weapons. And you know, I think one thing that Virginia hasn't done is is run the ball, and you have several capable backs to absolutely do that. So sometimes I think they get a little bit pass happy, much to my dismay. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's tough to really identify weakness, man, but just because they have so much uh, at their disposal. Could I ask a question? So obviously the two losses on the year, back-to-back games, North Carolina and Wake, to me it seems like they were able to uh, get out fat. Or this question is, is along the uh, for, for the defense. They had their struggles giving up 59 points and 37 points, and uh, just the off- they couldn't keep pace. Has this defense turned a corner and made changes, or did they just hit a stretch in the schedule where the offenses weren't as formidable what would you say? Yeah, I think they made some adjustments. Uh, you know, with with a Bronco Mendenhall coach defense, it's you have to be gap disciplined. And if you are not hitting your gaps, and you're, you're, the defense just breaks down in a major way, and so all of a sudden you, you're you're going great, it's going great, it's going great, and then somebody doesn't do their assignment, and you get gashed for seventy, or you know guys aren't where they're supposed to be in the secondary, and you get gashed for seventy five, and so it blows up quickly. You know when you look at the North Carolina game, uh, it was just. I thought we were a better team going into that, and just I was stunned we were just down twenty four to seven, but then. By halftime, we're winning 28-24. So I'm saying, okay, well, maybe they'll make the appropriate adjustments at halftime. Man, Carolina just came out and ran it down our throat. And so, you know, it was just – and I think the Wake Forest uh, game was just – they were still hurt behind the Carolina yeah. game because they felt like, wow, we just did not play well yeah. defensively. And so you let you have Brennan who throws for 555-60, five touchdowns, and you lose by 20. Yeah. And so I think the defense kind of took it personal and really just, hey, guys, we've got to just buckle down and because and, we're, we're wasting a great offense. We just need to do our part and play complimentary football, and we'll be successful. Let's, let's get you out of here on this. Virginia and the Bronco Menahalaire has come out west of the Mississippi twice. To Oregon, Boise State, they've split those games. Late night travel, 8-15 kick, body clocks, all that stuff. As a former player, you've, you've, played, you've, you've dealt with this. How much of a factor is that really going to be for Virginia tonight with the late kick traveling west? Well, it's always a challenge just because you've been waiting all day. You've been watching. You've been watching football all day long. You're chomping at the bit to play. Uh, these kids, I, I, you know what? I think if you just lit up a street and with a bunch of lights and turn headlights on in cars, they play. They don't care. Uh, so I don't think that part will be a factor. They just want to play some football. Tony, appreciate your time. Thanks for rushing on in, helping us out here. Have a great call. Hopefully, we got some good football tonight. Hey, man, that works, man. Thanks for having me. Up next, Kalani Stocky doesn't expect the UVA offense to look the same as the Robert and I offense of BYU. He'll tell you why next. Cougar Cuts, that's coming up. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Riley Nelson for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, Cougar pregame live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. And it's time for Cougar Cuts with Bronco Mendenhall and several former players and coaches returning to Laval Edwards Stadium for the first time since leaving for Virginia. With all the kinds of emotions that are going on, Kalani Sitake hopes Cougar fans will cheer them for their past accomplishments and then cheer on BYU to victory. I've been through it. I've, I've been where, where you come back to, to a place and you know you, that you've you spent time at. And so for me being a former player to come back here and coach is different. But it's pretty cool to see see the familiar faces and things like that. And it's a really cool experience. And I, I think everybody can handle it however they, they want. But uh, I would hope fans would just be thinking about the energy, the time, the sacrifice, the hard work that Bronco and his staff uh, did here and how it deserves um, – it deserves great gratitude and appreciation and love. And then when we go to the game, we go play the game, and the players on in, in the same colors deserve all their cheers. And um, you know, but afterwards, uh, I hope that we can. You know, I've always said that it's not good to, to want bad things uh, for good people. This this would fit in that in that uh, that sense. They'd be okay for us to to want them to do well in every game, but this one. One thing I appreciate about Kalani Sataki is his, his uh, appreciation and understanding of history when it comes to the BYU football program and his recognition of what Bronco did. We talked about it in the opening segment of the show, Riley. It's going to be interesting. I think that I, from what I've heard, there's going to be some sort of a presentation or recognition from the stadium PA as well for Bronco and his staff. Yeah, and I think it, with a whole week of buildup, the – whether it's Coach Sitaki or Coach Mendenhall having to field all these questions and hear about it time and time again, doing the interviews and all that leading up to the game. They'll be anxious to get this ball kicked off, and then it will all become about strategy and, and play on the field. But you mentioned Sitaki's, uh, you know, respect for history. That just comes with you can't, you can't come here as a player, and now, of course, Sitaki coming back as the head coach, having invested your blood, sweat, and tears and not have appreciation for those that came before you or that contributed alongside you to what BYU football is. And so uh, no matter where someone is at their stage of life, heck, look up north, right? Kyle Whittingham and what he's done for Utah, even still as a former player and that alumni brotherhood, you have immense respect for not just what he he contributed to BYU football, but what he's gone on and done before to elevate its brand in football at large. BYU fans are familiar with Robert and I from his team for his time here at BYU as well. Now as the OC at Virginia, here at BYU was go fast, go hard. You know about that, Riley. And while they still do that in a way at Virginia, Kalani says the Nye's offense has improved and evolved. There's a style that Robert has, very effective, and, and Robert is, is a guy that um, requires a, their old line to be physical, but utilizes everybody on the field, including the quarterback. And look at what Coach and I has done with that offense. They're at the top. You know, they, they score a lot of points. They get a lot of yards. Uh, they're very difficult to defend. They use 
so many different guys in so many different ways. I mean, they have receivers and, and guys that look like receivers that are playing tight end positions. They have really big, uh, big old line. They can have a quarterback that's really, uh, he's really efficient in his throwing and then he can run the ball. So um, they utilize him in that way. But then you have a, just a bunch of different weapons that he uses. And um, he's evolved where he now uses so many guys, so many different ways. He's always done that. But um, yeah, they, they're just spreading the ball all over the place, man. And, and it's not uncommon to see a receiver or a tight end or um, different type of personnel in the backfield running the ball and even running out as an option pitcher. Most times you see receivers go out you know, in the backfield and they run something to the outside like fly sweep or stretch play and, and he's running power and he's running counter downhill stuff with, with that personnel. Makes it difficult to defend. Um, but well-organized, uh, efficient, and they score a bunch of points, get a bunch of yards. So it'll be, it'll be a tough matchup, but we're looking forward to it. I, I think he'll get the most out of us. With the evolved uh, go fast, go hard, Robert and I offense, defensively, I'm flipping the switch for you here, Riley. For BYU, what are they focusing on? Tackling. Uh, whether you're a 3-3-5 or you're a 4-2-5 or a 4-3-4, like no matter which way you line up and no matter which coverage you play, the key to success tonight for the BYU defense will be getting these dudes on the ground. They've got big, strong dudes. they got small, quick dudes. Each one of them poses their own different challenge. No matter what way it is, you got first of the ball has got to have sound technique, making contact then you need all other 10 guys rallying making sure those guys get down on the ball or get down on the ground and down on the ground quick and that's something the coaching staff and players know has been an issue the last couple weeks having the first guy miss a couple of times looking to get that that fixed coming into tonight speaking of the defense coming into the season the d-line was probably one of the positions with the biggest unknowns and while their play has been up and down lopalea talis says he and his teammates know they can get better but they're still doing their best. I'm going to just be upfront with you, dog. Like, I see what a lot of people say about our D-line. And, you know, I want to just talk back, but I know I shouldn't. I'm going to just say this. Our defensive line cares. They believe in the scheme. They'll sacrifice their necks, their knees, their, their whole body for the scheme. Earl is banged up. I'm banged up. Caden Hawes is banged up. Nice is banged up. Batty's banged up. But you know what? Like, none of them complain about it. And that's something that I wanted to make sure everyone knows. Because I'm, I'm going to be upfront with it, bro. Like, playing D-line in this scheme is tough. You got to be one tough son of a gun, bro. Like, legit. And that's something that people, it's not a sexy defense. Like, we know, like, everyone wants to see hella sacks, hella things. But when you're taking on double, triple teams all the time. It's kind of like how the cookie crumbles, you know? But I don't think anyone in our room will give it up for anything else. You know, they believe in the scheme. We believe in our coaches. And um, injuries just come with it, you know? Getting banged up just comes with the job. And that's something that, you know, we can't do but pray for, you know? These guys are like somebody I tip my hat off to, all my defensive linemen. My defensive linemen, I got nothing but love for them. Tune to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Despite B- it being BYU, no current player was on the roster six years ago when Bronco was still the head coach. With a big matchup 
and the added storyline of former coaches coming back to Provo. The perfect person to talk to for this week's Shep Talk is current running backs coach and former player Harvey Unga. Jason Shepard and Harvey asked Harvey what Bronco meant to him as a coach. Shoot, I mean, the guy, the guy meant a lot of things as, as far as um, really like being another father figure away from home. Um, you know, I, I grew up here, but just the way that he built a, a culture over here, you know, he, he helped a lot of, of young men, including myself, uh, kind of realize really the most important things in life outside of football. Um, you know, he, he valued his family. He valued his religion. Um, he, he, you know, valued really people in general. And, and for me, that was something that I appreciated. I think a lot of times um, you look at him uh, when, when he was here and a lot of people thought he was a stern, you know, uh, tough guy. But like I said, the, the guy was just, you know, a, a great teacher, great mentor, helped, helped me really kind of achieve my potential in a way, um, challenged me a ton as, as far as holding myself accountable for things, but then also being able to, to live up to my potential and then hold other people accountable as well um, on the team. And, and um, like I said, the, the, the culture that he built, I think, was something that was really special when I was here, and I, I appreciate him for that. Well, and you just touched on it, and I, I always thought he got a raw deal in terms of publicly from the fans because they they always based their opinion on him as a person based off of what they saw either on the sideline or in an interview. But you got to know him, and you said that that's not what he was like. What was he like to be around in terms of being your coach and in that those those times when you're together? You know, he, he actually has a great sense of humor. Um, a lot of people, like I said, they depicted him as, you know, a stern, tough guy that didn't really – have fun and stuff, but he actually is a fun guy. Um, uh, he appreciates humor. He appreciates, you know, guys joking around and stuff. And it was kind of funny because uh, a lot of times, and I, I bet some of my former teammates can attest to this, but whenever he'd walk through the locker room before practice, before he got there, we were all, you know, getting ready, having fun, listening to music, dancing, whatever. And then as soon as he'd walk in there, it was kind of a, a dead silence and everyone was just quiet, put your head down, get your pads on, cleats on. But for whatever, I don't know, for me, I, I kind of made joke of it and I, I would still just keep listening to music and dancing and whatnot. And um, I think he thought it was funny and, and there were times he'd walk by and he'd start dancing too and just kind of joke around and stuff. And it was, it was fun because then the other guys got to see like, if you joke around, the guy's going to mess around with you. He's not just some mean guy that's out here to, to intimidate people. And, and that was something that, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people knew or understood, even from like some players, I think they thought that. But he, he and I had a fun relationship where I could joke around. And um, I, I appreciated him for that. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of times where he probably could have been, I don't know, stern and, and a jerk, but he, he uh, yeah, was cool to me, so... So what does that add to this week? Because obviously you guys have a game to play for, but I mean, there is, everyone's asking, and we've started the bulk of this interview by talking about that. What type of dynamic does that add to a week like this? You know, for me, it's, it's, uh, I, I think it's really cool for me just because when I had started this whole thing, coming to college and getting ready to play football and stuff, um, I had an exit interview with, with Coach Mendenhall my freshman year, and he had asked, you know, what I want to do after football's all said and done at BYU. And I told him I wanted to coach. Uh, that, that was the, the career path that I told him I wanted to do. And, and so we had a good long talk about, you know, just what that entails and how things will, you know, pan out as far as what I have to do to, to be able to coach and, and the collegiate 
level. And now fast forward, how many years, like for me, I'm like, man, I can't believe, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I told him I wanted to do and said I would do, but then to like, to coach against him, it's, um, for me, it's, it's awesome. And I'm, I'm grateful. I'm humbled and, and, and thankful for that, you know, for this opportunity. And, and as much as I, you know, I love and respect the guy, like, I want to beat him. <laughs> you know, I, I want to be, I want to beat him and be, you know, some of those, some of the other coaches are former teammates as well too. So it's, um, I'm, I'm excited. The boys are excited and, and you know, it, it, it'll be fun. Both teams come in with a record of six and two. And I know everybody, all the coaches, all the players have said, look, we're happy to be six and two, but from the offensive side, you know, all the coaches have said, look, we, we still haven't played as good as we can play. So I guess I would ask you, how would you evaluate the season to this point offensively? And then obviously with the running backs, you know, like, like you said, we, um, I really wholeheartedly believe we haven't, we haven't played to our, our potential. Um, that being said, you know, we, we've played some really good teams, there are things that are going to happen on both sides of the ball. They're going to make plays on defense. But I think there's a lot of things that we can clean up and fine tune that I think will definitely help us, you know, get to that game. And, and I'm hoping, you know, with the preparation this week and what we're doing, you know, we can come out and, and play to our fullest potential and, and kind of, I guess, fill in those gaps. How much of the defense that the guys will face this week is the same defense that you had to face in practice with Coach Howell and Coach Papinga? Um, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's pretty similar. There's, there's a lot of similarities to it, uh, a lot of great things, and, and it's, it, it definitely brings back a lot of memories. You know, I, I see different guys at you know, different positions, and then I kind of flash back to, to the guys that I played with, remembering them, you know, in those different positions. And, and uh, it, it definitely, you know, there's some similarities. Obviously, the game evolves, and so have they and, and their defense, but there are definitely some, some similarities there. I certainly have to ask you about Tyler Algier and what he's done this year. He's just been absolutely phenomenal. Besides being one of the best backs in college football, he's also a great story and a great human being. What makes Tyler so special, and how proud of, of him are you with the type of season that he's having, especially coming off last year when he had a great year? Oh, I mean, I don't even know how to explain how special the kid is. You know, it's um, when you have someone who comes from the, you know, the adversities that he's had growing up as, as far as, you know, adversities at home back in California or from his upbringing to going through high school, not being super recruited or anything like that and having to take the walk on route to, to leave home, come out here to Utah that's foreign. And then to like, like, like I said, the guy was working you know, graveyards at Walmart, you know, trying to, trying to make ends meet, pay for school. And, and I don't think people realize like it's school is more expensive for kids over here that, you know, they're out of state and they aren't LDS. So it, to, to me, like when you find a kid like that, but at the same time, he's never going to give up. He, he'll fight for whatever he needs to do to, you know, earn whatever it is that he wants to earn. And then you, you mix that type of work ethic person, uh, mentality with the, the talent and the skill level that he has. I think special is, is a good way to put it. The kid's special, but there's uh, to me, he's got the it factor. And, and a lot of a lot of guys that I've been able to play with and, and see that kind of takes them over the top is is having that just a little extra motivation, whether it's from home or, um, you know, family things or, or just the, the tough upbringing. It definitely, you know, it builds their character and, and it shows with Tyler, like the kid, amazing character, amazing person, awesome work ethic. You know, just like I said, a, a great person all around. 
around. And then you mix that with football and, and you got, to me, you got the full package. So he's, he's a special dude. And I, I love him to death. I'm so thankful to be, you know, his coach and any other running backs. You know, I've been grateful to be in this room with a lot of amazing running backs. All right, Harvey, let's wrap things up with the final four. What's your favorite BYU football uniform combination? I'm old school, but I, I, I like the, the royal and white. Royal jerseys, white pants. I, I think it's clean look. Love that look. The, the royal color to me is it's sweet. I, I like that a lot. That has certainly been a popular choice. All right. The song, group, or artist that you're embarrassed to admit that you like? <laughs> I'm not embarrassed to admit I like or any song, group, or artist. But if I don't know if I'm embarrassed, but it's not the most popular group. I, I, I'm a big fan of the Backstreet Boys. I don't know. Okay. It's, There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... I don't know. Nobody listens to boy bands anymore, I guess. But yeah, Backstreet Boys are in sync. I I don't. I like those guys. I thought they were great singers. Good group. You don't sell that many albums and singles if you're not if people don't like you. So I think you're in exactly. good company there. Exactly. All right. Uh, who's your favorite athlete, past or present? Oof. Probably Michael Jordan. Yeah, I, I, I'd go with Michael Jordan. Yep, me too. I'm glad we get too many LeBron answers. Uh, and uh, last thing, the best thing about being a part of BYU football is what? Can't even explain it. There's really the, the love and joy that you bring, not only to your, your I mean, the guys here, the, the players, the coaches, but I think, you know, the, the fans and, and, and people, you know, around the world, it's, it's cool to see how it, it brings all of us together as a family. I mean, we go on the road and I don't know anybody out on the road. I, we're out back east and I don't know anyone, but man, it's so fun to see those guys and, and for them to be there cheering for us and, and not just cheering for us, but genuinely like, you know, expressing their love and thankfulness to us. Like it, to me, it means a lot. And I, I love that about this program and, and this team. It's, it's something that's cool and, and unique. And yeah, I, I would say that that aspect of it, it's a family, the family deal over here. Yeah. And you know what? That is the word that most people, in fact, I'm not sure I've done uh, one of these this year where somebody hasn't mentioned the word family. So that's certainly something that resonates throughout the program. And that's obviously great to hear Harvey. Thank you so much for doing this. I really do appreciate it. And I do want everybody to know, even though you can't see this interview, you're just hearing it. The shades that you're wearing, they are legit. So uh, thank you for doing it and good luck against the Cavs. I appreciate it. Thank you. Always a pleasure, man. Thank you. Coming up next, it's time for the QB read with Riley, and it's going to get scary. That's called a tease. You've tuned in to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Ben Bagley. And welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. And we are live from Cougar Canyon and the BYU TV, well, I was going to say tent, more of a pop-up with these ghost lights adorning with spider webs and this Halloween-themed pregame show and it's time for our qb read and riley you told me it's going to be a little scary so i'm it's a halloween what do you got for me i should have brought a fog machine i think that would have completed the ambiance here at cougar canyon for us no so last year fans won't remember this but i try and be you know topical or i try and go with the flow so i I did wordplay on the you know on the name so like max booley right was one so nice but this year i figured let's try and all right who are who are the most famous halloween villains out there right so i'm going to go down the list and i'm going to equate who i think 
if they were to play them in a movie, what BYU player would play that player in a movie? So we'll start off with one of the most Halloween, Michael Myers, right? Never. Do, I think they came out with a new movie this year. It's got to be the 30th movie. Well, that's Tyler Algier because Michael Myers never dies. Keeps coming back, coming back, coming back for more. So um, Ty, J, uh, Michael Myers would be that Jason from the Friday the 13th. Who do you think I got on that one, Ben? That one's a little bit tough yeah, one. The hockey mask, the slasher. I went with Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall just stoic, calm, cool, collected, goes about his business, and he's an utter assassin. Next, you got Freddy Krueger, right? This is the one that's that haunts people's dreams. Well, Malik Moore, on the back end of the defense, haunts quarterbacks' dreams. With all his, you're going to say... There's a joke there about things on hands and dropping balls. Uh, I'm not going to go there. I see why you did Freddie. Hey, uh, yeah. Listen, he's still he's still top twenty in the country. He's top ten in the country in picks. Who, you know, he had those other two. But anyway, I was going more the haunted angle. I didn't think so much about the hands, but uh, you know. Oh my bad. No, it's okay. Slipped into that one. All right, Leatherface. Right, the guy from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. For me. This is really, it could go to any one of our linebackers, but like for me, it's Peyton Wilgar. He's got the build. He's got a ton of big hits. Pepe Tanuvasa maybe could play Leatherface. Based, he had a couple of big cracks last week, uh, but I went with Leatherface was uh, Peyton Wilgar from, from um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay, Hannibal Lecter from Silence of the Lambs, right? Here's the thing. And t- you always thought that like he was the spooky scary, but really he was the mastermind. He was the architect doing it from prison, you know, with the mask and the cages and all that stuff. So that to me, Kalani Satake is the mastermind of this whole program. He's the Hannibal Lecter this year. Uh, Jigsaw. So do you remember what movie Jigsaw is from? Yeah, Saw. The Saw movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so creepy again, yeah, face creepy, thing. but he, we never kind of saw him. So this is. Aaron Roderick, he's up in the booth. He's coming up with the schemes, all these, you uh, know. The puzzles. The, yeah, the puzzles. He's giving opposing defenders, you know, puzzles, causing them nightmares, all sorts of trouble and terror. So uh, Jigsaw is Aaron Roderick. Then, so I, I, I'm going to, you know, I, this is far out there, but I'm going to make sure I don't perpetuate the misnomer of it all. Dr. Frankenstein created Frankenstein's monster. Okay, Copy. so. Dr. Frankenstein is out. Who who on this team or staff is out there creating monsters? It's Elisa Tuiaki. Yes. Whether it's on the defensive line and the defensive backfield or the linebackers. So Dr. Frankenstein is Elisa Tuiaki. Frankenstein's monster, we just heard from him in Cougar's Cuts, for me, is Lopa Leotawa. So these guys are going to the Halloween party as a couple costume. Yeah, yeah. So you got Tuiaki is the one that has created. For me, Lopa Leotawa embodies everything that's ferocious, mean, and scary about this defense, and he is a direct creation of Elisa Tuiaki. It's not a it's not a scary movie character, but I saw I talked to Lopa earlier this week about what he was dressing for Halloween. Saw the picture of the uh trunk or tree. Yeah. An anime samurai and he looks pretty ferocious with his sword and he was ready to go. I'm like that fits. It works. Yeah, I think it does. And then lastly, anybody who's seen this dude uh and, and by the way, he is uh he's def he he's both fun I don't know how funny he is, but he's definitely fun. <laughs> a but, horror monster's fun, nice. But, but he's scary for other defenses. Pennywise from the It movies, he's the scary clown that, of course, scares everybody. For me, just because you think about a clown and their personality and they're boisterous and they're out there and they're not scared of the camera, that's Pukunakua. Pukunakua is out there. He's plenty of fun in a normal setting, but when you get him in the It form uh, out there on the field, he strikes terror into the hearts of anyone he comes across. I just want to see Puka out wide tonight. Getting ready at the snap, 
and all of a sudden a red balloon on his hand. (laughs) Someone someone that's sitting behind the sideline, make that happen. So there's my rundown of what BYU players would play, what Halloween visit. What Halloween villains in the movies? I like it. I like it a lot. Nice Halloween theme as we ran it down. And you know what? Jason is Jaron Hall is really good, by the way. Just stoic, doesn't say anything, but just gets the job done. Creeps up on you, and the next thing you know, you're, uh, well, I was going to get graphic, but uh, yeah, anyway, you're hurting. <laughs> yes, and hopefully we see a lot of, we see these monsters tonight taking it to Virginia and scaring Bronco Mendenhall's Virginia Cavalier team. As we're about an hour and 15 minutes away from kickoff here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. This is Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up next, we'll visit with the voice, Greg Rebell. Cougar Pregame Live continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. To go. Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Riley Nelson for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back. It is Cougar pregame live presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. And we'll visit with the voice, Greg Rebell, in just a moment. But before we do, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification along the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. All right, welcome back. This is Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Joining us now, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebel. Greg, all season long, after the first three games, BYU started to see guys falling by the wayside with injuries it's been kind of putting things together especially on the defensive line and a little bit on the offensive line lately so let's start here with you what are you hearing going into this game who's available and who's not for BYU should we do good news bad news uh, let's go good news bad news all right good news is uh Gunnar Romney who had that knee injury last week in Pullman looked like this might be the one that maybe keeps him out for a game again he surprised us by not missing any time after getting hurt in the Arizona opener well they say he's been cleared and good to go. So I'm not sure he'll be 100%, but he's going to be out there. And, and Gunnar, again, is just grinding through uh, an, um, a nearly identical knee injury that he suffered against Arizona down in Las Vegas. So kudos to Gunner for getting himself ready to go today. Uh, on the offensive line, news not as good uh, for James Empey. He's out, maybe out for a bit. Uh, Harris Lachance still not ready yet. And so at center will be Connor Pay, and at right guard will be Joe Tukuafu with uh, Campbell Barrington at right tackle, Blake Freeland and Clark Barrington left tackle, left guard. And those two, Blake and Clark, have been good to go uh, every game. The left side's been perfect for BYU in terms of personnel ability uh, to start, but the right side and center's been kind of a mixed bag week to week. So uh, Gunner's good. They might, they might, might, You might see Samson Nakua play more snaps with Gunner maybe not being full go but ready to go. So look for maybe a little more of Samson that way. Everything good in the backfield with the quarterbacks and the running backs. I think this is the kind of game I just get the sense that not that they're going to try and take the air out of the ball entirely, but I just if 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 a heavy set is working for you tonight, and the clock is running while you're moving the sticks with Tyler Algier, I, I would think BYU'd stick to that game plan as as long as it's effective, and you might see a little more three tight end action with Rex and Holker and Wake all being in the game at the same time. I just get that feel that it could be that way if it's working, and the Cougars say let's say uh, you know play with a, a, a decent lead. To maintain defensively, uh, Chaz Ayu will not be available uh, tonight. So another starter down uh, for BYU uh, 
uh, on defense. You know, it's 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 been rough. Uh, they've probably been hit harder there, right, than the other side of the ball. But uh, no Chaz Ayu tonight. Still no George Udo. Still no Ammon Hanneman. Still no Lorenzo Falatea. Uh, look for Morgan Piper to play a little more tonight, along with Jackson Kofusi. So a couple of depth linebackers may have more prominent roles today, partly due to tactics and how they plan to defend this very uh, potent Virginia attack. And I'm looking at my boards here and doing the best I can because it's dark. Uh, these late these late night kicks, as you know, uh, to quote Yogi Berra, uh, it gets late early, uh, and that's what's, <laughs> that's what's happening here tonight. Well, thank you. We have two cell phones with their uh, with their flashlights on for me now. I do appreciate that. Uh, but I think that's all I really had to share in terms of. Uh, personnel who's out who's in and again the best news i think there relates to uh, to gunner romney greg you had a tweet earlier today about uh, some of the opportunities for byu to move up in the rankings uh you know as you're looking through the scores uh, I- iowa state that was right in front of byu lost uh then pittsburgh lost who was at 17 mm-hmm. virginia feels to me a lot like baylor did a few weeks when they were unranked but maybe a little bit overlooked. Virginia sitting at six and two, unranked. But I do think a win like this, with some losses, might have BYU slide up the rankings. What do you say? Well, Virginia is in the same. Again, Baylor basically took BYU's spot in the rankings with the win. And that's what this would do, I think, too, for Virginia. They're looking at it basically taking BYU's spot in the top twenty-five. You know, right now BYU's locked into the Independence Bowl on December eighteenth in Shreveport against the Conference USA team. A lot would have to happen to get BYU out of Shreveport. What would have, what's essential is that BYU not lose any more games, right? And then you have to have a lot of the one-loss teams become two-loss teams, and a lot of the undefeated slip to one or two losses. So there's a mishmash. What you're really hoping for if you're BYU, and it's a, it's a, it's a grand hope, is that they're looking for, you know, to fill you know, two maybe at-large spots, and they've got you know, eight to ten two-loss teams that are all kind of in a mix. I think that's, that's the best BYU you could hope for right now. But, yeah, in terms of a win tonight, they climb a little bit. But if they lose, I think Virginia takes BYU's spot. Then the Cavs have a chance to climb. I was talking on my way over here with a couple of Virginia coaches, uh, Shane Hunter and Kelly Papinga. Uh, I, I was hoping, you know, I don't know, Bron- I don't know when Broncos going to come out, quite frankly. But I was hoping to run into at least a couple of Virginia guys, and I ran into those two. Really cool to see ex-BYU guys uh, in the stadium tonight. Uh, Kelly was talking about how this Virginia season has been so crazy and he mentioned it in himself i think i brought it up in the pregame with you that we're going to talk about riley you know they could this could be a four and four virginia team but they're six and two because the ball has just bounced the right way some crazy football things have happened for virginia to put them in this six and two spot they could have come in a very vastly different team but things have gone right for bronco and crew and so you find out you get two six and twos meeting tonight which is a great setup for a late night kick and one of the stories throughout the week, obviously, has been that Bronco and his staff's return. Nine guys with ties to BYU coming back to play at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Greg, you, you got a chance to know Bronco a little bit differently than most people. With your, your coaching shows, day-to-day with him. He played, he played it really cool in his press conference this week. And all, it's all about the football, blah, 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 blah. But there's something there. Knowing Bronco a little bit myself, there's going to be a little bit of sentiment coming into this game for him. And I felt uh, somebody posted a video clip on social of, the, of them getting off the bus and, and someone placed a, a Hawaiian lei over his neck. And, and uh, I think little gestures like that, you know, carry a great deal of meaning for Bronco coming into the building tonight. And, and I sense Bronco just trying to, you know, kind of keep it to kind of keep it together, right? Just kind of keep steely focus and, and on his way to the locker room. But I know when he, when he says earlier in the week that this place is near and dear to his heart, that's more than just a, a saying. It, it really means a lot to him. And, and as I reminded some others this week, this was not an acrimonious departure. 
you know, he was not being let go. He saw an opportunity that fit for him, and he said he thought it was someone else's chance, someone else's time for BYU. That's how it went down. And, and nothing but fond feelings from BYU toward Bronco for what Bronco did for the program, and I think nothing but fond feelings from Bronco toward BYU for where it put him and his family at that time in his life. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm just great, grateful and gratified that this game is on the schedule and that we get maybe a couple more of these uh, and that this uh, continues because I think he's a wonderful guy and, and a tremendous coach, clearly. And um, even though you want to send him back with a loss, uh, there should be nothing in the way of uh, anything but pleasant uh, and, and warm feelings toward him and his staff here tonight. Greg, what's your sense? Are we in store for a track meet or a wrestling match tonight? You know, you always, you always when you ever, whenever you predict the 48-45, you get the 20-17. to 17, yeah. But you know, that, that would not be the kind of game Virginia's played at any point yet this year, right? There just haven't been those games. And BYU's yet been more toward those, again, not, not, not total grinders, but the lower scoring. Maybe they meet in the middle on this one. Um, um, I, 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 for some reason, I keep bringing myself back to the UCF bowl game. Everyone expected that one just to be crazy pinball. And for BYU, it was. But but the points for UCF were kind of uh, uh, just parenthetical. It wasn't like they were really in the game at any point. Uh, and that's kind of surprised maybe a lot of people that BYU took control of that game because of how fast tempo and how high scoring UCF was. So can BYU throw Virginia a little off balance that way and keep the numbers down? That's what I'd like to see tonight, something in the 20s as opposed to the 40s where they've been. Well, we're excited because we're about an hour away from kickoff. It's going to be a big game. We've got, we got the we got the night to ourselves as people will be tuning in across the nation watching this game tonight as BYU Top 25 taking on Virginia. Just outside the Top 25. Should be a fun game. Looking forward to it. We'll let you and Riley head up to the booth and get ready. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Up next, we'll be joined by sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens. Let's pause. Well, before we do that, this is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. By sideline reporter... And a guy who's just scary good at what he does, even on Halloween Eve, Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch, how are you? Doing great. It's uh, it's always good to be here. It's uh, This is going to be a fun one tonight, Ben. It is going to be a fun one. We've, we just got done talking to Greg about this. I want to bring you because in on this because it is the story pregame before the book kicks off. It's the welcome back of Bronco Mendenhall and a lot of guys on that staff. If, you, if we could... Part the window a little bit. Look inside the locker room right now in that Virginia coaching office locker room. What kind of emotions are there right now? Man, I, honestly, I'm not exactly sure. This is, this is one of those moments where I would love to be a fly on the wall in that locker room um, just to hear the conversations. And, and you know there's going to be excitement around it. I mean, this is um, – it's it's such a special place for all of these coaches coming you know coming back to a place like this. You heard Bronco um, talk about how how much this place means to him. All the other coaches feel the same way because if you look at it, a lot of those coaches um, they either started their careers here, they've spent the majority of their time here, um, and so this is I mean this is everything for them. This is kind of their um, uh, for a lot of them BYU gave them that opportunity to go to Virginia to now have this um, you know long tenured experience of coaching um, and it all started here at BYU a lot of these guys too they're BYU guys at heart um, and so if the opportunity came I would not doubt that a lot of them would love to get back here to coach um, and so there's there's got to be so many emotions here um, and you know even though they'll be happy to be back it's 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 going to be fun for them to walk out on the field um, I even saw Bronco and, and his team and his staff 
walk through here, and they got such a, a nice ovation. I can't imagine what they were feeling in that moment, what they'll feel at kickoff. Um, but, you know, even though they're coming back, I think it's even more motivation for them to come away with a victory, right? They've had a lot of wins here at Lavelle Stadium, and even though they're on the opposite sideline today, I know they don't want anything different than to come away with a victory, and so it's going to be um, a very, you know, you would seem uh, from at least the coaches a very high emotional game for them today. Um, honestly, can't wait. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I was, I was joking with Greg and with others. Look, Broncos, especially from the media, very stoic, very yeah. Terminator-ish. I'm not going to show any emotion <laughs> kind of guy, but if you know him behind the scenes a little bit, you know that that's. That's that's the character he plays on TV, so to speak. Oh, absolutely. That he is an emotional guy, and he and he loves his players, and he's a guy who believe who 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 looks fondly upon the memories that he built here. Yep, exactly. So, so I'm excited to see that, and I hope it's a special experience for all involved. I think it really, both the fans and Bronco and his staff deserve that part of it. Let's talk about his team a little bit. UVA brings, and part of this is, I mean, Brennan Armstrong is just really good, but he's got a core of receivers that help him out with that. He's got three guys over 500 already on the season in, De- in Datavion Wicks, who's got 847. Keaton Thompson's got 572, and Billy Kemp has 524. How good is this receiving corp, and how does BYU DBs kind of contain them tonight? Yeah, I mean, this core is really good. Um, you even go to BYU this year, and our three top three receivers, you could look at the statistics and say they're having a great statistical year, and not one of them is at 500. They're all in that 400 range, yeah. uh, but they're still on pace to have three top receivers, you know, over six, seven, eight hundred yards. Um, that's a that's a fabulous season. Um, but you know, yeah, you, you said it. The Virginia receivers are even ahead of that um, at that pace right now, and these guys are tremendous athletes. Um, you, you know that. Uh, Coach and I, I mean, he's, he's done an incredible job with this offense to recognize um, the weapons that he has, that Brendan Armstrong has. Um, and, and then again, right, you, you can't just focus on the receivers. They've got a quarterback that slings it, throws for over 400 yards a game, and so you're going to put your receivers in a position um, to, to rack up those yards and, and have the success that they've had. Um, but props to Coach and I to give, you know, to recognize that, see the, the, the true talent that this receiving core has, um, and take advantage of that and, and put up a bunch of yards. As far as the BYUDBs, right? Um, number one, you've got to be, you, you got to play physical. Um, I, I'm, I'm a huge believer. You can't, you know, it, knowing that at any time any of these guys can, you know, take a deep. And um, uh, but I, I'm still not a fan of, you know, DBs playing on their heels. You got to stay, stay physical, stay aggressive. Um, we'll see what kind of coverages are, are we're going to see um, from Elisa Tuiaki if we're going to see some drop eight. Um, but there are going to be circumstances when it is man-to-man coverage, and I expect you know to meet the challenge, stay aggressive, um, and, and I think these BYU DBs can can have a shot. But but they will be tested, so we'll see how they respond. Let's switch from the UVA receiving core over to the BYU receiving core. Last week, Puka Nakua, no receptions, only two targets, which was a season low, tied for, I I believe it was the Arizona game. I think it was the Arizona game. What do you think Puka's mindset, I mean, he was just heating up prior to that game. What do you think his mindset is this week in practice and going into the game tonight? Well, first off, I, I can assure you, just knowing Puka, I guarantee you he was in Jaron's ear saying, hey, it doesn't matter. It. <laughs> right, it, it, it does not matter if I'm double covered. 
just throw the ball up. I'm going to come down with it. Um, that's the, the kind of guy that uh, Puka is. But as far as his mindset, you know, he's eager to get after it, right? Um, I, I even kind of experienced this in my, um, you know, back to my playing days, is if you had a, a, a week where maybe you just weren't as involved on as many targets, you're, 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 you know, chopping at the bit to get opportunities um, and take advantage of those opportunities when they come. And so I, I see Puka being no different in this situation. Um, he's had some big, big games on the road. And so, you know, I can already tell that him coming back to Provo wants to put on a good show for, uh, you know, his hometown crowd. Um, and so he'll be ready. Um, you know, I, one of the things that maybe I can imagine he's focused on is assuming those double coverages are going to be in place today, right? Be more precise with his routes uh, to take advantage of uh, those uh, double coverages and still uh, get the ball in the in those uh, in those settings. Uh, but the last thing is, you know, he's in Nakua, right? Um, he just wants to have fun out there, and, and the more fun he has, I believe, the better it seems he plays. So I guarantee practice was no different. He's running around with a smile on his face. That's just who Puku is. That's 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 the Nakua's altogether. And so, um, I, I mean, point is, he's ready to go this week. Outside the receivers, maybe the key to this game is taking the air out of the ball on the on, on for the UVA offense. Tyler Algier coming off a week where he had 32 carries. Just a beast last week at Washington State. Not sure how beat up he was. I I'm out, I would be sore. I took care of the ball two times. I, I'm out next week, Coach. But he did 32 times, ready yeah. to go again tonight. Is that the key maybe to this game? Is we're going to see a lot of Tyler Algier again? You know, I, I think the hope is that it's a little bit more balanced, right? You don't want to just rely and go back-to-back-to-back games, 32 carries, 30 carries here. I mean, that's that's a big workload. However... Um, even though I think they'll have the mindset or, or the game plan to keep it as balanced as possible, um, Virginia's given up 200 yards on the ground. And They're so susceptible. This, this is this is an opportunity for Tyler to have a big statement game. I guarantee you, he's ready for it. Uh, I, I mean, he, he's a he's a big burly guy. That's uh, you know, it's I don't think he's going to shy away from a couple bumps and bruises. He's going to say, "Hey, give me the ball. I'm I'm rolling." Right? We saw it last week um, against Washington State, and so. Um, I think it's just going to kind of migrate that way where you're given Tyler opportunities because they're taking advantage of, you know, the mismatch on the ground. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it could be a, a, another big day for Tyler. 200 yards, you think? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> he could break, the, break uh, the record again for setting, yes. you know, against a P5 school. Um, at 191 yards, maybe breaks it tonight again. We'll see. You heard it right here. Mitchell Jurgen says Tyler Algier <laughs> is going 200 yards tonight. We'll see. On the other side, hey, Mitch, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Go inside. Let's get ready for a nice night of football. Yep, thanks, Ben. On the other side, here from Bronco Mendenhall, he talks about where his mindset is as he returns to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. We're getting you ready for BYU and Virginia. Earlier this week, Coach Mendenhall met with the media, and as you would expect, most of the questions were about his time in Provo and his thoughts on returning back to face his former team in his former house, and BYU. Bronco began his comments by expressing his gratitude for BYU and his time here as a head coach. 
BYU is near and dear to my heart. They gave me an opportunity to be a head coach. 13 years, I was at Brigham Young University. My father played there, my brother played there. I lived close by. And so I just, um, it's an amazing experience to now be able to to return, but it's been six years and I'm the coach at the University of Virginia and so thankful to be here to continue to learn and grow and progress. And I'll always be thankful for the opportunities I was given for the institution. I'm talking about BYU and for the unique set of values that align with my faith and the development of young people and to have been able to coach at a place where that is paramount and a mission where you enter to learn and go forth to serve. That's uh, meaningful. Yeah. I, I would just like to express gratitude for that opportunity, and that really allowed me to come to the University of Virginia. And Bronco continued on from there to talk about how he'll handle the emotions of his return tonight. I've been through all the emotions. I've had six years to go through the emotions, and my job is to do the very best I can for my team and hopefully be an example and teach principles and guidelines that will help these kids in their lives. And uh, I really can't control what kind of welcome I do or don't receive, but what I can express is gratitude. And that's what I intend to do and then do the very best I can to prepare my team so they can have success and continue on the goals that we have for this program and, and this team this year. Bronco was asked to reflect on the decision to leave BYU in 2015 and asked most of his staff to join him. So I invited 14 families or people and all 14 accepted and we have from the statistics given me the most stable coaching staff in college football and at that time we had the most little kids in college football so it was the giant reverse Lewis and Clark migration and man there was some hard transitions young moms with little kids and their moms the mom's moms are still back in Provo and that's tough because that's the babysitter right and that that's a huge thing there hasn't been anything easy but wow has it galvanized our relationships myself and my staff were really close before but not like this and making this move together and then in my faith right a local congregation is called a ward and all but one of my staff members is in the same ward right so we're teaching Sunday school classes to the others little kids and primary and I'm teaching adults in gospel doctrine which is the adult thing and they're the same guys I'm working with and their wives and it has absolutely transformed our relationships in a way that I could never have imagined so I'm thankful they all came and I have a pretty simple principle, as you guys know, that I just won't work with anyone I don't like. And um, these are my friends. And I think that's pretty rare in college football that you get to work with people that you are friends with. And I consider myself lucky. When Bronco Mendenhall went to Virginia, he was very adamant about not playing this game. He wanted to get it off the schedule. Of course, that didn't happen. He's here tonight. But he said the return is easier because some of it, all of his players are gone as comfortable as I can be, right? But I'm much better now um, because very few, if any, players are left. Uh, Brigham Young University's quarterback, Jalen Hall, I recruited him, but there's very few others on the roster that, um, that I remember, right? And that makes it easier, not easy, but easier. Broncos also always been a proponent of BYU getting into a P5 con conference. He pushed it hard here, and he's very happy that BYU will soon be a member of the Big 12.
I was probably the most aggressive in the push for the Big 12 in my time and probably told to tone it down a little at some point. But I, I thought it would be the exact right fit, the exact right match. And besides planting seeds, I was trying to harvest seeds at the same time. I'm glad that there has been some realignment and that BYU was acknowledged. And I think it's great for the institution. I think it's good for college football. And, and it was, man, did I want that to happen bad when I was when I was there and to see it finally come to fruition. Yeah, pretty cool. And to close Bronco's comments, he talked about his quarterback, Brennan Armstrong, and how and which former BYU quarterback he reminds him of. Max Hall, probably, in terms of personality and temperament and style. And it's never fair, right, because it's no way a complete um, and accurate comparison. But since the question was asked, I would, that's probably the closest one. Um, and that would be a compliment to both because, I man, they're both really good players. There you go, Bronco Menhall from his comments earlier this week to the media as he talks about his return to Lavelle Edwards Stadium to face the team he once coached. He coached pretty well, too. Nine wins a season's not bad if you're a if you're head coach in college football. That'll keep you hired for a long time. When we come back, we'll look at some of the other action in college football around the country and how it might help BYU. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Wide open, and it's a catch made for a first down. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. It's the final segment of Cougar Pregame Live presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Let's get you caught up on some other scores going into today's college football matchup right now between uh, BYU and Virginia just a little under an hour away here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. 25th ranked BYU looking to hold on to the ranking and possibly move up with a win. Virginia looking to beat BYU and take their ranking from because that's what, just projecting out, that's what would happen. But first, let's look at some top 25 scores from around the country. Some finals from earlier in the day. Undefeated Georgia Bulldogs still ranked number one and will be next week as they beat Florida 34-7 in a game that wasn't even close. The Bulldog defense holds Georgia to a late touchdown, and that's the only, or holds Florida just a late touchdown. That's all Florida got on the board in that game. Number two, Cincinnati. They, on the road at Tulane, gets a victory 31-12, so Cincinnati also remains undefeated on the season. What's going to be interesting to see is how the College Football Playoff Committee, who's meeting soon, first first, rele- first about to release their first standing, where they put Cincinnati, the AP poll, has them at two, but that's a non-Power 5 team, and we know how, the, how, well, sometimes the committee looks on non-P5 teams. Number four, Oklahoma. At home, taking care of Texas Tech, 52-21. to In a matchup of top 25 teams in a battle for the Paul Bunyan Trophy. An exciting game, Michigan-Michigan State. Michigan State, 8th ranked. Michigan, 6th ranked. 8 beats 6, 37-33 as, the Spar- as Sparty, Big Green, able to hand, the- hand Michigan a loss in an exciting game earlier today. If you got a chance to watch it, it was very entertaining. Uh, also, in the Pac-12, number 7, Oregon beats Colorado 52-29. to We're still looking for that Oregon-BYU Pac-12 championship game coming up later this month. If you're, well, it's de facto. There's a little tongue-in-cheek there, but 
hey, they're both on track for that. Number nine, Iowa, an upset as they fall at Wisconsin. Someplace, somewhere, somehow, the Badgers found offense and put 27 points on the board as they beat Iowa, ninth ranked, uh, 27-7. Wisconsin, only their fifth fifth win of the season. They're now 5-3. and three. Iowa falls to 6-3. and three. Uh, Wake Forest hosts Duke. Wake Forest ranked 13th. They get a 45-7 victory over the Blue Devils. Baylor ah, still making BYU look good. The 16th-ranked Bears, they beat Texas 31-24. Steve Sarkeesian struggling at Texas in his first year. He's now 4-5 and five on the season at Texas for the Longhorns. Number 17, Pitt, upset at home by the Miami Hurricanes, 38-34. Also another upset, West Virginia unranked at home beats 22-22nd-ranked Iowa State, opening the door with BYU getting a victory tonight, possibly sliding up a couple of spots in the top 25. That's all finals from the top 25 from earlier today. How about games underway right now in the third quarter with 6.36 left in a battle of top 25 teams, 18th-ranked Auburn at home holding the 28-17 lead over number 10-ranked Ole Miss in the SEC. That game, like I said, third quarter, mid way through uh, also in the third quarter with about two three minutes left in the third quarter another upset brewing is mississippi state is up 30 10 on 12th ranked kentucky this game is in stark vegas uh mississippi state's got the the lead right now 17 straight points coming out of the half for mississippi state uh as they lead 31 to 10 over kentucky Another game in progress, this one just starting the fourth quarter. 15th-ranked Oklahoma State taking care of business right now against Kansas. Kansas only one win on the season. Oklahoma State now up 52-3, to three, just scored. Uh, Oak extra points good. They're now up 52-3 to three on Kansas, walking away with that one. Uh, 19th-ranked SMU holding a four-point lead on the road at Houston, 34-30. to 11th-ranked Notre Dame trailing at home to North Carolina. Upset alert for Notre Dame. North Carolina, the Tar Heels at South Bend, up 20-17. to 17. Still a lot of time in that game. 13 and a half minutes left in the third quarter of that game. And at halftime, a big game in the Big Ten. Top 20 ramifications here as well. Ohio State, fifth-ranked hosting. Penn State, 20th-ranked. And by the way, an upset here might also help BYU if they win tonight. Uh, the Buckeyes, heavy favorites coming into this game by like 18 points. They are leading at halftime, 17-10. So a tight game at the horseshoe between Ohio State and Penn State. Just a quick look over at some Pac-12 scoreboards because some, com- some common opponents for BYU. I'll have to get that to you here in just a second as my Internet's not refreshing. And I lost that page. Uh, we do know that uh, Washington State did beat Arizona State. I can tell you that right now. Therefore, BYU, their opponent from last week, which they beat, beat opponent from earlier this season. So BYU and the Pac-12, that relationship continues to get stronger as the season goes on. Like I said, half-jokingly, of course, am I? Uh, looking forward to that Oregon-BYU uh, Pac-12 championship game later this, later this year. If only it was possible. I know, Cougar fans. BYU and Virginia, just a little under an hour away. Cougar pregame live right here. Just a couple of quick notes as I as I about getting ready to pass it off to Greg and Riley. Some things to watch for from my keys to the game as we look ahead to the game tonight. Second half, BYU needs to just battle it out through the first half. I'm curious to see what the score is at halftime because I think the second half is where this game is going to get won or lost for BYU. Virginia coming across the country, two time zones, big factor. 
Not just that, it's an 8-15 kick, which is a 10-15, body clock for them. In the second half and fourth quarter, we're looking midnight, 1 o'clock body clocks for these Virginia Cavaliers. I'm curious to see how that affects them, especially especially if BYU can do another thing I think they need to do to win is have Tyler Algier running the ball, especially in that second half. That's been kind of the status quo for Tyler Algier and this offense. That's when he gets rolling in that second half after they wear a team down. So well, second half, I think, is my key to this game for BYU. They've got to win the second half and put them in a, in a position in the first half to be in the ball game for the second half. They can win the second half. They'll win this game. My opinion, my keys. I'll be back with you at halftime. You can uh, continue the conversation with me on Twitter. My handle is at Ben Bags. I'll read some of your tweets at the half as we talk, uh, as, as we get, turn it over to Greg and Riley here in just a moment on Cougar Pregame Live. That'll be a wrap from Cougar Canyon. Coming up next, it's the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Sataki. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Oogs and you back out there. Intermountain Healthcare, official medical provider for BYU athletics. Learn more at intermountainsportsmed.org. It's time to preview today's matchup with head coach Kalani Sataki. It's the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, presented by Zions Bank. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. Also brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by a local Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Let's join Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Football fans, and welcome inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the campus of Brigham Young University on the final Saturday of October for a cross-country showdown between the 25th-ranked BYU Cougars and the Virginia Cavaliers in the return of former BYU head coach Bronco Mendenhall to his home state and his one-time home field. I'm your play-by-play commentator, Greg Rubel. With me is the former BYU quarterback, the slinging, scrambling southpaw, Riley Nelson, a player that Bronco Mendenhall brought to Provo more than a decade ago. And, Riley, uh, we've known this game has been coming for years. And as much as Bronco initially preferred that this game never be played, we are indeed finally going to see Bronco coaching from the opposing sideline here. And we're going to see where both programs are tonight and this season in a true barometer game for each team with the Cougs and the Cavs coming in with identical 6-2 and two records. As fun as it is to have a former BYU head coach visit Lavelle Edwards Stadium for the first time, I'm most excited about the competitive opportunity between these two programs. It feel, The dynamics around tonight feel a lot to me similar to uh, uh, the Baylor game. Former BYU coach, both teams really looking for a litmus test midseason. I like the fact that this one's here in Provo as opposed to being in Waco. Um, but uh, I expect it to be equally uh, as formidable as a challenge tonight, and we're in for some great football, I think. Well, BYU far from full strength as the Cougars prepare for one of the hottest and most explosive teams in all of college football. It has been a brutal year uh, for BYU, uh, facing one of its toughest ever schedules, but the Cougs have battled through injury on both sides of the ball to win six times, including four P5 wins. For the first time in program history tonight, BYU looks for a fifth Power 5 triumph before a bit of a break. FCS next week, then a bye week before the two-game stretch run. But first, the Cougars have to get past this one, and it is a big and tough one. We'll hear what BYU head coach... 
Kalani Sitake has to say about the game. When we come back after this, the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. Kalani's interview is next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues once again. Here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Bronco Mendenhall walking onto the field and into the north end zone as he makes his first on-field appearance as a visiting head coach here at BYU. Bronco and his team warmly received when they walked off the bus a short time ago. And now Bronco is taking his first steps onto this field in colors other than BYU Blue. Welcome back to Provo. We're live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo for BYU and Virginia as the Cougars seek to extend their seven-game nighttime win streak. BYU's only two losses this year were afternoon affairs. When the sun goes down, the Cougars turn it up. And on this Halloween Eve, a late-night game will feel even later for the visitors from Virginia. When halftime hits, the Cavaliers' body clocks will hit midnight. And we'll see if that time change ends up as a trick for the Cavs and perhaps a treat for the Cougs. Virginia coming into this one on a four-game win streak. They last won five games in a row back in 2007. BYU had won seven straight, dating back to last year before. Back-to-back setbacks against Boise State and Baylor. The Cougars bounce back to win at Washington State. An uneven affair, but a solid win over a team that had won three in a row and went to Tempe and just obliterated Arizona State today. Well, the story this week is, as it has been every week over the last month in a way, uh, which key starters will miss the game due to injury for BYU? The hits kind of keep on coming with the BYU starting a tryout player, Jacob Boren, last week on defense and losing center James Empey to another injury in the process. Gunnar Romney hurt his knee last week. And a late update from Kalani is that Gunnar will not play tonight. For more on BYU's personnel situation and preparing to play the aerial circus that is the Virginia offense, I sat down with BYU head coach Kalani Sitake in the BYU locker room a short time ago. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of how it's been for us, you know, and, and uh, not having to buy, uh, you know, until later in the season. You're just going to have to lean on your on your depth. We knew the schedule. We know the schedule has been that way for a few years now, and so uh, we knew we had to dip into the depth. Um, you know, unfortunately, we're, we're going more into the depth than I, I, I'm more comfortable in, but I, it is what it is. Our guys are stepping up, and they're making plays. Last week, a lot of guys made plays, and we're hoping the same thing can happen this week. James MP got hurt in Washington State. Connor Pays played really well, though, whether it's the bowl game last year or having to come in with James this year. Uh, no James, but you get Connor and Joe uh, working side-by-side side on the O-line. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, Harris is out for this game again. So, uh, you know, we'll have those guys. The fortunate part is that they are all been starters before and have a lot of experience under their belt. So we'll just have to figure it out and, and uh, you know, play to their, their strengths. But I, I've been really pleased with what Connor's done under center. And then we, we have some really good players that they can come in. Hopefully we don't have to use them. You were down a few defenders last week, and then you won't have Chaz Ayu in addition to those guys. Yeah, I, I think it, it's, it, it um, hurts our, our safety safety depth, but uh, you know there's a lot of guys that we feel could fill that, that void, and uh, we're going to have to rely on some guys that probably 
you know, maybe maybe a little bit of experience, but not as much this year that they've had in the past. And uh, we have to lean on those guys. So I'm, I'm looking forward to them getting their opportunity. Uh, a lot of others like Jacob Robinson, Jacob Bourne stepped up last week, and now we'll see who else can step up this week. I'm not sure who Virginia compares most to the way you see it, but I know that you played uh, in last year's bowl game a really fast, really high-powered, really pass-heavy team, and you did what you needed to do uh, to control that game last year. Yeah, the difference is uh, Robert and I does a great job with that, that offense, and, and he spreads the ball out differently and utilizes personnel different than I've seen in any college team. Their their tempo is really quick, gets you on your heels a little bit, so we'll have to be, uh, you know, line up a lot faster than we normally do. But, um, you know, it'll be a good matchup. I'm looking forward to some these these type of offenses get the best out of us. And, uh, you know, we kind of saw similar offense against Utah State. And, uh, but it's a little pressure on us. But I, I think pressure will, will get the most out of our boys uh, tonight. you watching off Virginia football, and you realize anyone can play anywhere on the field for them. Including the quarterback. And so, <laughs> I mean, they'll go wildcat. They'll do a, a, a bunch of different things. Well-coached team. Broncos done a great job there uh, in the last, uh, you know, six seasons. And so. Uh, it's, a, it's a good matchup for us. It's great to have him back, and, and we're looking forward to this game tonight. What could be most disruptive to Virginia's offense, do you think? Well, I think the key for us is to play Simon Sound football and not have a lot of mistakes out there in, in regards to our scheme. Um, they, they have great athletes all over the place, and they can do whatever they want uh, in, in terms of run the ball, throw the ball and with different personnel so we have to be um, you know really on top of it with our game and, and uh, I think it's going to come down to the fundamentals I think it's going to come down to how well we tackle uh, if we can take advantage of some opportunities and get some turnovers and disrupt um, the timing for, for uh, the quarterback Brandon Armstrong is a really good athlete and so um, it's just going to be us trying to do our thing and trying to disrupt them from what they normally do every week and uh, hopefully we can get that done. Defensive coaches don't like the word shootout but if this thing got up there a little bit you know could you see that kind of game developing? I think the, the mindset is do whatever it takes to win the game. And uh, I think if, if our guys are just going to play uh, physical, our brand of football, a physical, smart, tough game um, with, with great execution, I think we'll be in a good spot. Um, looking forward to it. I, I think it's going to be a wonderful night. It's great, great weather. So uh, looking forward to getting out there and playing this game. Yeah, back home after three weeks, which is yeah. great. Back in front of the home crowd. Yeah, that, 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 that was fun to be able to come back home and go through the Cougar Walk and hear, hear uh, all the cheers. And, and see a bunch of friendly faces. So uh, uh, hopefully that'll be a huge advantage for us tonight. And a final word or two about uh, the many coaches coming back who were BYU guys at one time and probably still are in a lot of ways. Yeah, of course. They're always BYU guys. Uh, I've been in that, those shoes before. I think it'll be uh, a really cool experience for them. And uh, I think, you know, before the game, I know the fans have already been doing it, done a great job showing them respect and, and appreciation. And I think, you know, we'll just do whatever we can to win this game and then we'll show them respect and appreciation before and afterwards. Because you know that in a lot of ways Broncos set a bit of a table for you to come in and, and start at a good spot of course and and a wonderful man and uh, you know he's a Hall of Famer in BYU athletics and BYU football and so we owe a lot to him uh, and and uh, just tons of respect for him so I'm looking forward to it I, I it's good to see a bunch of BYU people out in the east coast representing and and carrying forth the, the, the culture and the uh, the gospel and the way that they do it and how they conduct themselves it's, it's really pretty cool to see Lonnie, thank you for the pregame preview. Best of luck in this one, and we'll talk to you postgame. Let's go. Thanks. That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, and this has been the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. The Cougar Kickoff Show is coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Listen up. 
kickoff is just around the corner. You're tuned to the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show. The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by Bailey's Moving. We move with you every step of the way since 1952. Also by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth alongside Riley Nelson. Here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Back here in Provo at LaBelle Edwards Stadium. Hello and good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Moments ago, Bronco Mendenhall and Kalani Sitake just enjoyed a nice long midfield conversation, followed by a handshake and a hug and a good luck tonight. And we prepare pregame prep for BYU and UVA. Welcome back to LaBelle Edwards Stadium. Tonight it is 6-2, nationally ranked BYU hosting the 6-2 Virginia Cavaliers. UVA looking to beat a ranked team on the road for the first time in 10 years. BYU looking for the second win and what would eventually be a four-game win streak, you'd think, if the Cougs can take care of business here tonight. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson with you from our Built Bar broadcast booth, former BYU wide receiver and our sideline guy, Mitchell Jurgens, is down on the field and in the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. Our booth host is Ben Bagley. Our engineer, Michael Wimmer. Our statistician, Ralph Sokolowski. Our spotter is McKay Perry. Our Cougar Canyon engineer, Barry Squires. Our BYU radio engineer, Sean Fay. Coordinating producer, Terry South. Control board operators, Corbin Radford and Andrew Hare. Our broadcast intern is Bryce Noakes at the studio. Our stats interns tonight are Rex Moss and Samuel Cowart. Great to have you joining us on the new skin BYU Sports Network, our satellite flagship BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143 and 89.1 FM HD2, our Salt Lake City flagship KSL News Radio. 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We're heard on the BYU Radio app, the BYU Cougars app, the BYU Game Day app, and the KSL app, as well as at BYUradio.org and BYUcougars.com slash live radio. In addition, to our over-the-air network affiliates in Utah and Idaho. Be sure as well to get the BYU Football Podcast for your broadcast archives and highlights. You can also get those on the BYU Radio app and streaming at byuradio.org. So lots of ways to listen. Glad you're with us. Well, certainly there are other storylines tonight, but the one dwarfing all the others is the return of Bronco Mendenhall to a stadium in which he won 56 games Bronco went 56-11 and 11 at home in 11 seasons, including undefeated home slates in 2006, 2007, 2008, and 2015, his final season. Over his 11 years, he went 99-43 and 43 overall, BYU's second winningest head coach behind Lavelle Edwards, whose legacy Bronco helped restore by returning to prominence BYU's legendary logos and uniform styles. Bronco's personal style, reserved, serious, but consistently reliant upon ruling principles of accountability, discipline, effort. He used the study of organizational behavior to help shape his program and drive results that included 11 bowl games in 11 seasons and back-to-back conference championships during Broncos' years as a Mountain West coach. He led BYU football into the era of independence and even has, as he acknowledged, it was going to be tough to sustain Uh, As an independent, his efforts were among those that positioned BYU for membership in the Big 12. Tonight, Bronco is back. 
and deserves the warmest of welcomes in recognition of his 13 seasons of service as a defensive coordinator and head coach and helping BYU back from a low spot in the program's history to peaks of performance that set the standard and the table for success in the Kalani Sitake era. Now, Riley, you left Utah State for BYU, and you left to play for Bronco Mendenhall. You have as good a perspective as anybody on, on his tenure. Uh, on the occasion now of his return, what can you say about what he did for you and for BYU football as the leader of this program? Nobody wants to be the guy that follows a legend, and uh, Croton obviously had uh, that difficult task that uh, – then was parlayed into the difficult task that was Bronco Mendenhall of raising the program back to that legendary status that was left uh, by Lavelle Edwards. And I think it, you could objectively say uh, by any measure he did reestablish the dominance. You just, your, res, uh, your summary of his career was uh, perfect and eloquent. And the only thing that I would add to that is he left uh, a mark on this program that is still felt today, and that is one where uh, the p you play when you come to BYU. The expectation on you is th that you give effort in all phases of life, and uh, and that you are accountable to your teammates and to the program and to the university at whole to fulfill not only its mission in athletic excellence, but its mission at large to go forth throughout the world and serve. And uh, I'm excited to have him back again tonight, although I wouldn't, I'd be lying if I didn't say that uh, I hope he leaves here a little bit disappointed. Uh, you may get asked this a lot, uh, but is there one Broncos story that for you stands out above the others? Um, you know, I was, I was asked that a lot this week. I shared one about uh, where we – we got in multiple scuffles in a fall camp. It was the dog days of camp, and he made us uh, douse ourselves in cold tubs, which was an impromptu punishment, by the way, and I just have to laugh at that uh, behind. But, you know, my, my career here was such that I was a transfer in and then uh, was in an intense quarterback, you know, mired in a quarterback battle for my middle two years. And then my senior year, we started off great and was uh, mired by injury. So it was a lot of adversities. It was a lot of meetings in w with Bronco Mendenhall. So I can't, I can't pinpoint any one kind of, you know, novel style story, but I will say that I have very fond memories of being in his office and the consistency with which I could always count on his demeanor, his approach uh, to, to all the adversity that we fa that I personally faced and that we faced as a program from the, those years of 09 to 12 will always be a lasting memory. We've got more of the BYU Store Cougar kickoff show straight ahead. But before the break, we'll remind you to stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires for the lowest price on every tire, plus no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. The Cougar kickoff show continues after this live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar kickoff show continues. Let's head back to the Built Bar broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and Virginia coming up at 25 past the hour. Now officially, sixth all-time meeting between these two programs. The teams have split uh, games on each other's home field. Uh, the other game was the 1987 All-American Bowl won by the Cavaliers. BYU and UVA scheduled to meet in Charlottesville in 2023, BYU's first Big 12 season. Then back in Provo in 2025, we'll see if those games stay on the schedule. 
Well, both teams already bowl eligible. Virginia, of course, remains in the ACC title chase. BYU won't be playing for a conference crown until 2023. And with the two losses each, uh, BYU and UVA currently on the outside looking in on any New Year's Six at large hopes. Any hope BYU might have of being in that conversation contingent upon winning out and having a lot of other teams lose at least two times, you'd think. But you can't get to 10-2 without first getting to 7-2. And that's the Cougars' task here tonight. And, uh, Riley, it is indeed the tallest of tasks when you're talking about slowing down Virginia's go-fast attack coordinated by Robert and I. UVA ranks in the FBS top five in first downs, pass yards per game, total offense, top 20 in points per game in first downs overall. Virginia has more passing yards than BYU has total yards on the year. The Cavs have topped 500 yards seven times in eight games. They've scored 30 or more seven times in eight games. BYU's topped 30 twice, but is averaging 21 points per game over its last three. And 21 unlikely to do the trick against Virginia. The Cougars must be, Riley, deadly efficient with their possessions to keep pace, you'd think. They also have to, in my opinion, count produce scores in special teams or defense you got to get a score and whether you're it's actually a pick six or you know you set up a quick offensive score you got to be able to generate points in the other two phases but you said it greg it's a we are i don't think there's any way we avoid a, a track meet here tonight and this byu offense needs to be prepared to not just score on every possession but score touchdowns on most every possession they've done a good job not turning the ball over but there's been some turnovers on downs of late. There's been some missed field goals. Those are uh, miscues that cannot be afforded tonight against this Virginia offense. Time now for tonight's Hyatt Place Comfort Zone feature. At Hyatt Place Provo, your safety and comfort will always be our highest priority. And the Cougars have actually been pretty comfortable in pass defense. BYU ranks 21st in defensive interceptions, top 50 in pass efficiency defense, and sixth in fewest touchdown passes allowed. But Riley, if anyone is going to challenge those numbers, it is UVA quarterback Brennan Armstrong. Second in pass yards per game, second in total offense, fourth in completions per game, fifth in points responsible for per game, and fifth in passing touchdowns. I asked Bronco to compare Armstrong to any of his BYU quarterbacks, and he picked Max Hall. A guy, uh, that, that's somebody you backed up and you watched play and you watched Armstrong. Uh, I'm sure you can appreciate the comparison. Yeah, I bet Max, though, would say, I'd love to throw the ball 40 times a game like Matt, like uh, Brennan Armstrong is almost averaging. Max, back at that time, Robin and I's offense was a little bit more balanced. I think Max would average, you know, mid to high 20s in, in attempts, so he would have appreciated the extra 20. And i got to admit, Greg, I'm a little offended that I didn't get the nod because Armstrong is a lefty. <laughs> <That's> but I've <okay>. got <laughs> well, a lot of guys to choose from. Yeah, yeah. but no, Armstrong is, uh, <laughs> I, I can see his leadership. I was actually down on the field talking with some of the, the coaches and they were saying that Armstrong's attitude I think is what reminds him a lot of Max he's very he's a very determined very fiery competitor and his leadership skills are really what as much as his skills and his arm and his athleticism are leading this offense his leadership skills is what the coaching staff really feels has been elevating or taking this Virginia offense to the next level yes indeed the southpaw Brennan Armstrong we are back with more of the BYU store Cougar kickoff show live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium after this reminder that in 2022, BYU men's basketball will be dunking on cancer. Through generous donations, each BYU dunk during WCC play will raise money for BYU's Simmons Center for Cancer Research. 
For more information on the Cougs' fight against cancer, go to sccr at chem.byu.edu. We're back to Provo with more pregame coverage right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Let us pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Coming up, 6-2, BYU hosting 6-2 Virginia. Not only is it the return of a UVA head coach, Bronco Mendenhall, but also six assistants and three other staffers. Offensive coordinator, Robert Anai, defensive coordinator, Nick Howell, co-DC and linebackers coach, Kelly Papinga, running backs coach, Mark Atuaya, quarterback coach, Jason Beck, safeties coach, Shane Hunter, offensive line coach, Garrett Tujay, analyst, Matt Edwards, director of player development, Pat Hickman, and Director of Player Personnel, Justin Anderson. That is the crew. We've already established Virginia's offensive credentials, and there are a few pass attacks as good as the one BYU will see tonight. Conversely, there are a few running backs as good as Tyler Algier. And if tonight's game is to be a contrast of styles, I'm sure Kalani Sitake and Aaron Roderick are more than content to keep UVA's offense off the field with a ground game if it can get going. It's actually how shorthanded Green Bay beat Arizona in the NFL game on Thursday. And you, that was masterful watching Aaron Rodgers uh, manipulate that. It's funny. You just talk about Tyler Algier, and it is true. He is the key, but he needs the support of the other 10 guys around him in that. Jaron Hall needs to make timely and important throws, on, especially on third downs and in the red zone to keep the offense moving forward and take some of the pressure. I look for early downs, maybe a little bit more quick game, t- timing underneath timing patterns than we've seen from this BYU offense in order to help take some of the pressure off t- uh, Algier, but also still accomplish the goal of possessing the football and controlling the momentum of the game. Now the compliment uh, to Algier Riley in the rush attack is the pass game. You noted a minute ago that uh, it's made its share of big plays this year, but one of BYU's best downfield options is not available tonight. Gunnar Romney will miss this game uh, due to a knee injury. The initial thought, in fact, when Kalani and I first talked tonight, he thought Gunnar would be able to go at least for some snaps, but we're likely not likely to see him until maybe November 20th at Georgia Southern because Against Idaho State, why would you play him, right? You don't need if, if he's hurt and you want to heal him as much as you can. Why do you play him? And then you get the bye week, so he may have a month off, which will really help him for the stretch run. So no Gunner uh, tonight, and no need to play him next week. Coming up, we'll head down to field level and hear from Mitchell Jurgens after we tell you that mouth-watering Hawaiian-style food is just minutes away from Lavelle Edwards Stadium for fresh off the grilled chicken, teriyaki steak, and sizzling shrimp. And don't forget the Locomoco. I had another Locomoco this week at Coconut Island Grill. Coconut Island Grill has the island flavors your mouth has been waiting for. Text the word coconut, and that's with K's, not C's. The word is coconut, K-O-K-O-N-U-T, coconut with K's, to 61090. That's 61090. Text the word coconut for a free drink with your next meal. The word coconut with two K's, K-O-K-O-N-U-T to 61090. The BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show continues after this live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium 
on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 25th ranked BYU and Virginia moments away from kickoff here in Provo. It is the Cougars' final FBS home game of the season. BYU hosting FCS foe Idaho State next Saturday on Senior Day. It's a bye week followed by games at Georgia Southern and USC to end the regular season. The season will be over before you know it, at least the regular season. We'll see where the Cougars go bowling right now. They're slated for Shreveport on December 18th in the Independence Bowl. As I said before, a lot would have to happen to put BYU anywhere but Shreveport in mid-December. Well, UVA, like BYU, is 6-2, but a very fortunate 6-2. They were sitting at 2-2 two two on the year, and having lost back-to-back games, they went to Miami, and the Cavaliers needed a missed chip shot field goal to beat Miami on the last snap of the game. Then the following week, UVA trailed by 17 in the fourth quarter at Louisville, converted a fourth and eight late, and they won with a touchdown in the final minute after Louisville dropped a would-be game-winning INT. Virginia could easily be 4-4 four and four or worse, but football is a funny, funny game, Riley, and now the Cavaliers are streaking, winners of four in a row. So it got a little bit of the meme treatment, but Bronco did this even back when he was here at BYU. He, famous, it almost looks like he's playing. Who knows? He hasn't ever told us what he's actually doing. But it, leading up to that kick against Miami, you know, he had his eyes closed and his head back, kind of looking up to the heavens, hoping for the best. The same look that we saw in Lincoln, Nebraska, before the Manga Miracle, right? So that that right there, whatever he was doing, meditative state, prayer, whatever it was that he's doing on the sideline, changed the fate of this Virginia team. One of the things that's interesting for me, Greg, is that the since those two games, since that Louisville game, the competition has lulled uh, in that, you know, a bad Duke team. They've faced a couple of weak teams. BYU is going to be the first team in a month that can really give them a toe-to-toe challenge. We'll see if UVA has some rust or if they're game for uh, the competition. Let's head down now to field level and former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch reporting for us from the Zions Bank end zone. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. And Mitch, you too were a player for Bronco Mendenhall on the occasion of his return. How do you put into perspective the role he played in your BYU playing career? Yeah, for, for me, Greg, it was everything. You know, those who played under Bronco know that one of the biggest things he stresses as a coach is effort. Um, and, and for me, you know, I was an undersized walk-on who wasn't the biggest, wasn't the fastest, and, and really had a mountain to climb to make an impression and have a shot to see the field. Um, but with the focus that he put on effort, I knew that if I outworked my teammates, gave every practice rep I saw and every lift in the weight room 100% effort, then I, I could potentially, you know, turn ahead and get a shot. And, you know, that shot came and I took advantage of it. And, and so to answer your question, yeah, I mean, I owe uh, almost my entire college career on Bronco giving me a shot. Um, and, you know, this, this game, it's, it's, it's cool to see him on the field. Um, it's going to be a high emotion game for a lot of us as former players to see, you know, him come in here. But, you know, it, it all is um, at the end of the day, right? We're, we're Cougars. Uh, I'm excited to, to see BYU come out and compete. Um, this is going to be an exciting game. 
and uh, excited for kickoff here in 11 minutes. Was there a Bronco moment for you that you think about a lot? <laughs> There's a lot. I mean, I think the one of the most memorable, not uh, not related to football, I was doing a, a post-game show, I think, with you, Greg, and uh, it came out that I was single, and Bronco tried to set me up um, on a date. And so after practices, he, I guess he tweeted out or said over the air, to get, uh, you know, let's try and get Mitch married. <laughs> and he would pass me after practice for like the next two weeks, girls' phone numbers that had just reached out to him. And so <laughs> kind of a, you don't see that personality with Bronco too much, but uh, that was one that I'll remember. And uh, he's just a good guy. Happy to see him here. I don't think that's how you got married, but you are married it's now. With, exactly. With, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. That is Mitchell Jurgens down on the field level. We're getting set for BYU and Virginia. Before we take a break, let's see if we can join our national anthem from the Cougar Marching Band. We'll have Riley Nelson's keys to the game, the coin toss, and the opening kickoff. This has been the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.